You're listening to the Heart-Centered Service Podcast. A podcast to help freelancers create the lifestyle of their dreams while doing work that brings them purpose. I'm your host, Francesca Mamlin. And I'm your other host, Krista Aoki. Each week, we'll release new episodes with tips and personal stories for online service-based entrepreneurs. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 27 of Heart Centered Service. In this episode, we are talking about client management. So creating a solid client experience is one of the most important things that you can do as a freelancer, if not the most important. Streamlining workflows, creating processes, it brings an important structure to your business and it helps your client see you as the talented professional that you truly are. And at Heart Centered Service, we know that everyone is going to have their own unique way of approaching this, of organizing their business and creating that client experience. So what we're doing today is Krista and I are going to be sharing what we each do in our own businesses. And then that can spark some ideas of what you can implement into your own business, whether you are creating your client experience from scratch or just looking to streamline the one that you already have going. So... Without further ado, let's get started. Krista, would you like to start us out by talking about, uh, well, let me just say, we're going to be talking about how we onboard clients, our workflow and communication process, and then some of the things we do for client retention. So do you want to start us out by talking about what you do um, when you're onboarding your clients? Totally. So when I'm onboarding clients or they're showing an interest in my services, um, I make sure to I make sure to just keep up with them and to be able to answer all their questions and let them know that they're being taken care of. Um, and what I do is I do website design, graphic design, and website development and maintenance. So um, it's really important for me to show that I understand the problem better than the client does. So um, because yeah, with these problems, like they obviously hire out because they're not confident and they don't know exactly like what's going on or what they need to do next. So um, for me, um, the best thing that I can do to uh, make the onboarding experience super enjoyable for my clients or potential clients is to um, really repeat back the problems to them and show them like the solution ideas that I have um, and how I'm going to take care of them. Yeah, I love how you talk about wanting to understand the problem better than the client does because that's really important um, because first of all, like your client might not really have the knowledge to pinpoint the exact problem that they have. They might just know that there's something that they're not confident with that they need some extra help with. But um, being able to demonstrate that kind of understanding to the client is really important. But also just like in general, as a service provider, you should have a really detailed and intimate understanding of the actual problem that you are solving beyond like, oh, I just build websites. Like there's actually a problem beneath that that you are solving and understanding that is what makes you a really good service provider. And it's not only going to help you like onboard clients, but it's also just going to like make you so much more confident in your business. Yeah. Like, because people are going to, um, sometimes you can even provide solutions that they don't know about. Like, 
um, for monthly maintenance packages. Uh, um, people come to me like, what is this? What's going on? And the primary, the primary things that mean monthly maintenance offers is like security and speed optimization. And people don't come to me saying, oh, can you make my site more secure and optimize it for speed? Um, <laughs> but like when I explain um, these things and like the benefits and the transformation, then um, people are like, oh, snap. Like, yes, I need this. Um, how can I sign up? So, um, yeah, being able to really communicate those problems that you're solving and confidently do so can really spark that inspiration from the client, like some wanting or needing something that they didn't even realize. Cool. Yeah. Um, all very good points. So um, I guess talk a little bit about some of the things that I do. Um, so right now I'm in like a strange place where I'm offering like a variety of services, but still like, as Krista is saying, like trying to be very focused on like what problems I'm actually solving and being very understanding of like the clients that I have. So I offer some business coaching and, and um, then I also am doing like some content marketing strategy for clients. And um, yeah, one of the first things that I do is um, beyond like the initial contact, which I think Krista really um, did a good job of describing where you're like really making sure you're answering the questions and like um, demonstrating your understanding of the client's problems and stuff like however you're initially corresponding with the client, whether it's like a messenger or an email. Um, when they start to get serious about actually working with me, then we want to get a discovery call booked. I personally, and I think Krista too, I don't really start working with clients until I've had like a face-to-face -face conversation with them. By face-to-face, -face, I mean video because I work remotely. Um, and one of the most important tools in my business, I would say, is acuity. And the reason I say that is because one of my least favorite things in the world is to email back and forth with somebody saying, oh, let's schedule a meeting. These are the days that work for me. Then the person responds and they're like, none of those days work for me. What about today? And what about this day? I, I can't stand that. I like that. It's just too much. So um, Acuity is a scheduling platform and you basically upload your availability. Like you put set hours. So like, let's say you can take calls from nine to five. You set that up in Acuity and then you can send people a link where they can book on your calendar and you can actually sync it with your Google calendar. So when I add dates to my Google calendar, it like blocks off the times in acuity so that I don't end up like double booking myself with things. And I think that not only does it eliminate a lot of the obnoxiousness for me um, and for the client of that back and forth, I also think that it shows a, a bit of professionalism that I have like a process for getting on my calendar and it's easy and it's like I, I think it's a really it, it like sets a good tone with a potential client in my opinion um, so that's acuity there's also there's a few other platforms that you can use but I I just really love acuity I'm um, I'm not gonna go into all of the amazing features of acuity I was literally about to but I'm gonna stop myself um, <laughs> then once the client wants to book I have a series of questionnaires that I use and like I said I offer like kind of a variety of services but by that I mean like a, a few different content marketing services and copywriting and then I also offer some business coaching and strategy 
Um, so I have like a general questionnaire that I send to pretty much all of my clients. That's just information about them and about their business. And then I have specific questionnaires that are like specific to certain services. So like a copywriting one, um, and like an email marketing one. And those are just kind of like on Google docs. And I, we, we, Chris and I both used Dubsado, but I could probably use the platform a little bit better. You can actually add those questionnaires to Dubsado, but I insist on doing it in Google Drive um, for some reason. Um, you can pretty much just copy the questionnaire. So like I have a template on Google Drive and I make a copy of it and set up a folder um, that I share with the client. And then they can just put all of their information in the questionnaires and it allows me to easily and um and very like it helps it gives me a process to collect all the information that i need from the client um which like if i wasn't doing a google doc questionnaire then it would probably be like an hour-long phone call where i'm like asking them all these questions you know it's easier for them to just kind of fill out on the document and um i actually get some comments on the questionnaires because I I always say that one of my biggest strengths is that I can ask the right questions. Like that's why I'm a podcaster. That's why I, I'm good at coaching because I know how to like prompt people. And I've actually had a couple of people, more than a couple of people, um, comment that on the questionnaires, like I ask things that get them thinking about their business in ways that they hadn't before. So like already, like they're, they're, they've just hired me and they're already like kind of expanding the way that they're thinking about their business. This kind of will go into like the client retention, which we'll talk about later. But um, yeah, like those two things are, are what I use to really set the tone with the new client. What kind of questions do you ask on your questionnaires? I think, well, so I, I give most of my, I give all of my clients a target customer profile and it's not like a typical like profile like where you ask about like the demographics and it's like really nuanced questions about who these people are like by by that i mean like my clients ideal customers like who these people are what their desires are and like what their life is like um and i can't off the top of my head i can't think of any specific questions that i asked because i created it a long time ago um but yeah like it, it's things that you don't normally get asked in that um in a in a profile like that um so yeah yeah i think um showing or like asking those questions is really important to like to really um ask about like you're saying who is the um ideal customer that your client is serving or like what is their mission or like what is their long-term goal with the project or what do they hope to achieve by working with you? I think these are all really good questions that can set you up for success. So I love the idea of having like an onboarding questionnaire where you're basically like setting yourself and your client up for success because you're learning as much as you can about their business. Yeah, and then um, the you kind of just popped in a, a really good example of a question is which is, what what are they hoping to achieve through working with you um and i've learned this from experience because when i first started freelancing i was a social media manager and it was just kind of like somebody would hire me and i would just post on their social media and i didn't really have a clear idea of what they actually wanted to get out of social media um, but since then i have i've learned that 
um, you have to get really specific about what your client's goals are, where they hope their business to be going. Like, even if you're providing like a really small marketing, even if it's like copywriting, like it's really important that I know how this copywriting project would fit into the overall scheme of their business um, and what they're actually trying to achieve from that. So that's a really important question to ask. And that's usually what I ask on. I have a little template for the discovery calls. Um, like I have like a set of questions that they, usually my discovery calls are very loose form. Like I, I, I'm a talker and I like usually go off script, but I, I always have a list of questions that I, it, that it's really important that I hit on. Um, and one of the first questions I think is what, like, what are your main business goals and like, how does this project fit into that? Yes. Um, I think these are really, yeah, these are really fab things to keep track of. And so is there anything else that you do when it comes to client onboarding? I don't, I don't think there's anything else that I do. I feel like the line is kind of thin between the onboarding and the actual like project. Um, totally. So I, that's probably what, what I do. Like anything after the questionnaire is when I start on the actual project and we're going to get into that next. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so basically like another thing that I do when it comes to like onboarding is um, sending like a welcome package and a contract. And so these are just documents that set communication expectations so that um, my clients know um, how to best communicate with me. And I also explain the tools that I use because I use, Trello, Google Drive, um, sometimes Dropbox. And so I explain like the different places or the different tools that we're going to use just for the reference and to set the tone of what we're going to be working on during the project. Mm, that's really important. I'm glad you mentioned that because I usually send, I, Krista is so much better about templated emails than I am. I usually like write it out every single time, <laughs> but I do send like a welcome email to the client. Um, Krista probably has a nice little template that she copies and pastes and I actually write the entire email. That's a, a slight flaw in my system, but I'm glad you also mentioned the contract because you, you have to get a contract with your clients. Like don't be going around freelancing without a contract. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it's a really important thing because um, then you can refer to it in um, a worst case situation or when a client asks for something that's out of scope, um, you can just uh, refer to the contract if, if a client like forgets to pay on time, which definitely happens. Um, then you can refer to the contract throughout payment guidelines. And in regards to templated emails, so I do have templated emails and I use Dubsado. So you can upload, you can upload te email templates to Dubsado. So like whenever I send a contract, Dubsado knows, oh, Chris is sending a contract. Here's the template email that she sends um, to, to do this or I have like a welcome email. So um, I just select from the Sato welcome email and then customize it based on the client um, with their own information. And yeah, so um, I do use the Sato for a lot of this and it makes everything really easy because I would be typing these things over and over again, like, oh, hey, um, here are my communication guidelines or here's how you can reach me. This is my scheduling link. Um, and I think that template, yeah, I love templates. Um, I love templates. 
I know I know you do because we we have a lot of really awesome templates in regards to this podcast and it has like done a lot for our our workflow and yeah Chris is good at templates <laughs> yeah and it's it's really it really helps I think make sure that you're not forgetting anything so that you're not sending that email to the client like oh I forgot to mention this and that still happens let's be real but it happens less when you start using templates yeah and I think when we get into the workflow section um, I'll like, you'll see how, how templates can help you not just like templated emails, but like creating templates for as many things as possible will help you to not miss a step and to make your workflows um, and everything that you do uniform for every client. Um, so like everyone kind of gets the same experience. Yeah. Don't you use um, templated workflows for your client mm -hmm. projects? I do. So I have, I have templated workflows on Trello and they're cards. So basically what I have on Trello is it'd be fun to like, this is just a side note. It'd be fun to like go live in our Facebook group sometime and like show everyone our Trello boards because we're, we both like really <laughs> spend a lot of time on Trello, but I have a, a board, a my week board um, where I plan out my week in my, in my planner, but I, I like store information and stuff on Trello and on the weekly board, I have all of the templated workflows that I need for my freelance business. Also for even like our podcast and like, uh, like anything that I do over and over again, I have a templated workflow for it and they're just little cards. So on Trello, you can create a card and then when you open up the card. You can create little checklists inside of the card. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with project management systems, it's like you create little checklists. And um, so like I have one for um, like social media. I have one for email marketing. I have one for what else do I do? I have one for blog strategy. I even have one for uh, business coaching. And I have some for contract work that I do with uh, a, a podcast company. And every time I need to do a task like that, or every time I onboard a client, then I just make a copy of the card on Trello and I rename it for the specific project. And then bam, I have a complete checklist of everything that I need to do for that project. And you know, it takes a, a bit of time to set this up, um, but it has, it, it's amazing. Like it, I don't know how I, I don't know how I would do projects without like templating and writing down my workflows and like kind of rinsing and repeating. Um, if it's something that you want to implement, what you can do is write down what you're doing as you're going through a client project and then just like put it on Trello for the future. Um, and you'll be really glad you did. And um, another thing about workflows is I, I felt like it was relevant to talk about how I manage email um, because, yeah. Um, so I check my email once a day at noon um, and that's the only time that I do it. Um, I will often have my inbox open while I'm working so I can see things coming in if they're like really important. But otherwise, I don't respond to emails unless it is like, except for that one slot of the day, which is like right before I leave for, right before I take my lunch. Um, and the reason I do this is because I like to batch things. Um, I'm a huge fan of batching. 
and I batch my emails. So um, I flag whatever needs a response. And then um, once a day, I just go through and I, I respond to everything that needs to be responded to. The rest of the time, I am working on client projects and whatever else I'm doing during the day. And um, I have found that to be one of the most important things that I have done um, because, you know, your email is, you, when you, you, it's really easy to let your in inbox kind of dictate your day, but you're not really going to get anywhere with your clients or with your business if you treat your inbox that way. Um, your to-do list and your priorities for the day should be your priorities and not um, other things that people want you to do or respond to. So, yeah. That's my rant about email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And even just turning off push notifications for emails on your phone um, can start like weaning someone off from that need to like check their inbox. Um, or you can take it off your phone like I did. I don't have the email app on my phone at all. Yeah, totally. Uh, you could do that as well. I actually reference my emails like when I'm. Um, at the airport. I've, I found that I was like referencing my emails a lot. So yeah. Uh, but one thing I do is like, I don't have any push notifications except WhatsApp on, on my phone, which really helps. Yeah. It's, it's really important to, um, I taken like all the social media except for Instagram off my phone. Like the is, uh, I like to kind of make my work like on my computer <laughs> and not and like when I step away from my computer I'm stepping away from work if that makes sense like I don't want to be yeah. like sitting on the couch on my phone at the end of the day and like looking at a client email or like looking at slack notifications uh, that's yeah. just not what I want yeah and minimizing notifications is just good for your health so <laughs> yeah definitely because it, it's just less stressful you're not being pulled in every direction um, but on the note of like templated workflows, I really like, I really like the idea of templated workflows. So I also use Trello as a reference. Um, and what I do is I even have like client, client reference cards, or if something is project based then a project reference card, um, here I keep information like hex codes and branding info. And I ask for this on, um, Unlike my client onboarding questionnaire, um, I keep links to important forms on Dubsado, a link to the uh, Google Drive folder for the client. Um, and I keep this, I use Unity, the Unity power up to sync cards on different projects. So I have like my, my overview, uh, my overview project. And then for some clients, I also have, um, how do you say for some clients i also have like their own um their own trello board where we can all like keep track of the projects and what's being worked on um so this is really um this is really interesting so you could also like if you have these client reference cards or project reference cards you can add these checklists like fran was saying to of the workflow and your step-by-step -step process to the cards or to another card just so like you're keeping yourself on track and you're not forgetting those small steps because there are a lot of small steps for our podcasts or like, so say you're doing social media management or something. 
Um, well, if you're managing multiple accounts, then you're making graphics in all different sizes. Instagram, you have to have an Instagram story size and Instagram grid size. So there's just a lot to keep track of. And like sometimes multiple people are doing it. So what you could do is have that workflow where you can check everything off. And then if you're working with multiple people, I've seen it done where, um, so you can use highlights or those labels, the color labels, to um, like have a color label for uh, this person is done with their task and this person is done with their task. So if you're working with a team, then you can see, oh, okay, like at a glance, um, so-and-so, Fran has finished like her part and it's ready for my review. You can even have a column where it's like sent to so-and-so for review, whatever that next stage is. Um, and so this is just a really nice, simple way to one, reduce the communication. Like we we're just talking about, like if we always get stretched from one side to the other when it comes to team communication. So you can reduce the communication and just make everything a lot more easier at a glance. I love that. I had no idea about Unity. I like want to do that now. That sounds amazing. And um, I love how you use your Trello boards um, with like you share your Trello, you, you have a Trello board with the client. And that's something that I actually want to implement into my own business. Right now I have a, I have this like astrology coaching program. It's not coaching and astrology. It's a coaching program that uses astrology. I have it in beta and I'm testing it out on somebody. And the first thing that I did was I created a Trello board because I had a lot of information that I wanted to share um, to like get her started. And I realized how awesome it is to share a Trello board with a client because, because um, when you're working on a project with a client, there's things that you need to get from them. So like you need them to answer the questionnaires, you need them to provide you certain information or answer questions throughout a project. And instead of like, I'm really big on staying out of the inbox, um, which I think is a really good advantage of Trello. Um, instead of emailing them constantly, whenever you need something, you can just put it in Trello and assign it to them and they'll see it and you can assign due dates. So it's all very clear what needs to happen and who needs to do what. So that's really awesome. Yes, and this makes it really easy for clients to have a place where they can reference. So um, say you have like, we, have, we both have shared Google Drive folders with our clients. Well, like we can link to the shared Google Drive folders on cards or like to guidebooks we have and all of this stuff. And it makes everything really easy for you and for them like because then they're not searching in their inbox trying to find like such and such and just like yeah we just talked about how we hate emails earlier so we're not alone in this and i think trello creates a really nice central place or trello or any other project management system can really create a nice central place for your clients and you to go and collaborate yeah, my opinion is that email is not agile enough to create a really nice client experience. Like, I just think that the internet and technology has advanced so much and emails kind of stayed the same. And yeah, I think I try to stay away from it as much as possible. Like, I know we need to, like, for some reason, it's, it's still something that we need to do, but um, it's not the best way to communicate with a client or anybody, really. Krista and I never email each other about this podcast. We 
chat each other on dubs on dubsado and we use trello to keep track of where we are i can't imagine if we did all of it over email that would just be insane <laughs> yeah we actually chat about it on discord so discord is like slack but um for gamers <laughs> thank <laughs> you that was a misspeaking on yeah. my part <laughs> No problem. Yeah, but um, I think that having also having um, a place where you can chat with your clients is total. It's an option, especially if you like chatting, if you like DMing and messaging, then um, having like Slack channel or Twitch channel for your clients um, is another option. Yeah, and you can what you can do is um, if you want to use Slack with your client, um, but you're worried about your client messaging you all the time, you can be like, here's a Slack channel, I'm on it, you know, roughly these hours, and then just don't put the Slack app on your phone. So like your client can send you messages, they're thinking as that, you know, when they want to, and then you see it whenever you sit down at your computer. So you're still reinforcing those boundaries. We, you know, recently had an episode about setting boundaries with clients. Um, so you're not necessarily like accessible all the time, but um, it gives them a quick way to get a hold of you when you are available, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's really good to have those, um, what are like communication expectations in place? They're actually something that I don't have in place right now because I'm always on the move. So I feel like it's a little bit more difficult for me to set office hours. Like I just can't work eight to five, even though I would love to. <laughs> Right now, it's almost Because you should be PM. asleep at 8 to 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, but I, I do, yeah, com setting communication guidelines with your clients or even just saying, um, I check these uh, Monday through Friday uh, or something like that. But, and also, yeah, just explaining, like, this, isn't, this doesn't mean that I'm always available or just, like, yeah, having that in place. Do you want to talk about how you have some of your workflows organized on Depsado? Yeah, so I actually don't have workflows set up on Dubsado per se, or um, yeah, I actually don't have workflows set up on Dubsado. I was just making sure that I don't. Um, but what I do have is um, a lot of the client experience does happen through Dubsado. I mostly use it, so for contracts, um, for emails, for invoicing, and to uh, collect information from the client. So for example, collecting feedback or sending them things for review. So depending on, um, so this is really good because um, I can get the, I can set the tone of the conversation and let them know what I want to ask. Um, and I don't have to think about what I want them to ask every time. Like if I have the feedback form set for it, then it's already there. I just need to like customize it and spruce it up in any way. Um, so I send clients like websites, pages to review and graphic designs. Um, I'm trying to think if I send anything else for review, but it's really primarily graphics and websites. Um, and this can definitely be done for something like copywriting or content marketing, right? You can set up a form link to the work that you want the client to review and ask the questions. For example, like, do you approve this? Um, what are your, like, what are your first thoughts? Um, and, and just really remind them to be as descriptive as possible about what they like and don't like so that you can um, deliver something that they love. And yeah, I think it's a really great way to um, 
to collect feedback and to collect consistent feedback and also just show up in a really professional way. Oh, that's awesome. I really feel like you, you inspire me to set up my Dubsado a little bit better every time we talk about it. Um, but then I guess I just never get around to it someday. <laughs> yeah, if you're like, if you're copying and pasting um, your Google Doc forms and stuff, then you can just like copy and paste these forms into a templated form on Dubsado. And then when you set up your clients, then um, you can just copy the form basically like you from their client section, populate the form and then send it. And then I also have an email like pre-written that just says like, Hey, this is, this is ready for review. Use the feedback form below and, um, use the feedback form below to leave your feedback or something like that. Something really simple. Um, but yeah, it works. And yeah, it works. And I think that the feedback form, um, if you brand it, it just delivers like this nice branded experience. Yeah. And that's like, again, like that's the main advantage of having these really solid workflows because as a freelancer, as a solopreneur, um, you do have to go that extra mile to show that professionalism that, you know, I don't know, an agency or, or like some any, any other professional would show, um, just because it's only you and your business doesn't mean that your business doesn't have like policies and standards and branding and like a, a, a way to do things. And I think that's kind of the basis of this whole episode is like, um, you know, this is about how you treat your business like a business because you are a business owner. Yeah, totally. So what other ways do you, um, go out of the way to, or out of the way above and beyond to create that client experience, the standout client experience, and therefore increase your client retention. Yeah. So in terms of client retention, um, I think it really comes down to like, you know, I have certain strengths that, you know, make me qualified to deliver certain services. Like I know about building a business. I know about marketing. I know, you know, I know these things, which is why, you know, on paper, you should hire me as a freelancer. But then on the side of that, I have other skills and other strengths, or like some of them would be considered like soft skills, but I think some of them are also kind of like hard skills. Um, but yeah, I think it's playing on the strengths that I have outside of the actual freelancing service, like the things that make me unique, like what I said earlier about me being really good at asking the right questions or the fact that I'm um, like very, very organized and very systems oriented. And um, like I'm able to provide certain clients the structure that they need to, um, to thrive. Um, so like I get very clear on what it is that I bring to the table. Um, besides like the very obvious things like I can do this I can write a sales page yeah okay I also bring these things to the table and I think that's what is going to bring clients back because at the end of the day there's a million service providers out there that provide the same things as you and I'm not trying to be like competition oriented because I'm always I'm very like community over competition but um you have to give them a reason to come back to you every time. And the quality of your work is going to do a lot of that. But I think um, the other things are going to 
bring a lot of that too, because I'm a solopreneur. I think a lot of the people that listen to this is a, sol- is a solopreneur. So it's really about what makes you unique. Um, and I also wrote down for, um, for this, I wrote down human connection because I think that's why somebody would go to a solopreneur freelancer is over like you know you can go to a branding agency you can go to like companies that design websites but you go to krista because you want to have that connection with krista and there's advantages to that um and then you know krista and i we also build like real human connections with our clients that um like it's a it's a relationship um like in an appropriate way, it's almost like a, a personal relationship, but like, you know, it's also very professional. Um, so yeah. And then also like, just like a small thing, there's a way that you can structure your services that opens the door to like longer term opportunities. Um, so like if you're a, a copywriter, you know, somebody might come to you for one copywriting project and then you, you know, you kill it because you're an awesome freelancer and they're like, wow, like I'd like for you to, regularly do this for me so like maybe you have like long-term packages um just like structure into your business the opportunity for people to have long-term relationships with your business um or like long-term projects with you um so that that's an option and then hopefully that makes sense and then also um give people the encouragement and opportunities to refer their friends to you because business owners know business owners and um people are much more likely to hire a referral than they are some random person. (laughs) Definitely. Um, I think that the human connection really helps. So regularly checking in with your clients and seeing how everything is going, uh, letting them know that you're there to, reminding them that you're there to support them. And just um, even having like weekly or bi-weekly calls really helps because um, then it gives you the opportunity to check back in on their goals like what because goals are always changing like they're very fluid things and so you get to check back in on their goals and make sure that your work is also aligning with their goals or like still aligning with their goals Um, and then another way that or another thing that I do is um, I try to over communicate so especially when I can't um, especially when I can't deliver on something quickly or um, or say like something comes into my inbox and I have a full calendar already that day I'll just send a reply and just hey I just wanted to let you know that I received this and I'm going to circle back to you because um, because I, I have a lot on my plate right now. And just I think this over communication and being transparent really helps people feel like they're in good hands because um, there are a lot of freelancers who are unreliable or, okay, whoa, whoa. there aren't a lot of freelancers that are unreliable, but um, I've, had, I've had projects in the past where others have done work for me and they kind of like drop the ball or disappear. <laughs> And I think this happens to some people, maybe not everyone, maybe not a lot of people, but it's really sucks when like you're relying on someone to deliver something and then they just go into Narnia or they, (laughs) they um, somehow lose their, like don't check their inbox for a few days or whatever. Like, 
Um, and so I think just being commun uh, communicative and transparent with your clients about where you are and um, like, yeah, what you're doing uh, is really important. Yeah, and I think that brings up a really important point because we're working online and there's so much that people don't see when you're online. Like if you are, you know, if you take like a Wednesday off of work, that's cool. Um, like, you know, to I do that. And that's like one of the advantages of being self-employed. Um, but, you know, to somebody who emails you or somebody who needs something from you that day, it might kind of look like you are, um, it might look different because they're not seeing like, they don't, they don't know you. Like you don't really know the people that you work with online. Um, and I think a lot of people have kind of negative experiences working with online freelancers. Cause like, yeah, I kind of shy away from saying that like all, a lot of them are unreliable, but I've heard enough horror stories. Like I've had a lot of clients who have come to me being like, I got to tell you, like, I'm a little bit weary about working with um, somebody online. Like, because you just don't, you don't get the same kind of rich communication that you get when you're working with somebody in person and like you're in the office with them and they can see you. Um, so opening that door as much as possible and always letting them know what is going on um, as long as it's appropriate. That's so, so important because um, yeah, like there, the, the amount of connection that you get online is very limited. So it, it's, you have to go the extra mile to build that trust. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just consider it a part of your job and make time for it. Um, include that in your package pricing, you know, the, the extra time that it'll take to communicate with your clients. Absolutely. That is part of the services because you, you as the CEO of your business is showing up and um, giving that time to that client. So that's, that's what we're charging for, right? So if you're listening and you're like, I totally want to create a killer client management process for my business, or I really want to streamline mine. Um, what you should do is maybe write down like two or three big things that, that we talked about in this episode that you would really like to implement in your business and do it now, because this is arguably the most important part of freelancing is um, building and creating relations, building and maintaining relationships with clients. So yeah, do that. Yes, definitely. And if you have any questions about Trello or Dipsado, feel free to reach out to us in our Facebook community at heartcenteredservice.co backslash community. We'll be so happy and excited to answer any questions. I'm also working on something uh just trying to like show everyone about my my trello experience i'm like brain dumping right now i'm trying to be like pull everything out of my brain and put it onto paper so hopefully that's ready for you guys soon because i think that having these like nice digital project management systems is really game changing awesome well we'll see you next monday and until then aloha bye